Welcome, another episode of Radio Life Ray, uh, recorded live at Life Ray DEFCON here in Darmstadt. With me today is another repeat guest, and we are going to geek out about UI. As everybody knows, that's my favorite point of fear. I am able to make things look different, but if you want them to look nice, you better ask a professional. One of those professionals is sitting next to me, uh, as I said, repeat guest, and that's Nate Kavanaugh, uh, LifeRay's Director of UI Engineering. Hi, Nate. Hey, Olaf. So you thankfully agreed to bring me up to speed on all of the new features, buzzwords, and libraries of the week. Yeah, as soon as I mention them, they'll probably be out of style, so I might have to say them fast. Um, but, but we have a nice order for them. Uh, we said lexical order, um, just because there is one outstanding uh, vocabulary, one, one outstanding word that's coming up uh, over and over, that's lexicon, and then there's several others. Uh, so we wanted to, or I wanted to, to uh, put this under one uh, headline, which is, uh, you know, I might have, uh, or let's, let's talk about having a big investment in code in LifeRay 6.2, in whatever UI that is, uh, whatever UI language, that's Spring, Portlet, MVC, uh, JSF, uh, JSP, LifeRay MVC, any of those, uh, maybe anything else, Vardin. Well, I might have a huge investment in uh, 6.2, and I have. And now I'm wondering, with all the new uh, frameworks, libraries, and so on that went into LifeRay, and some of them actually went out of LifeRay again uh, before it was released. Uh, so do I have to throw everything away and redo everything, or what's the story there? Uh, no, you don't actually have to throw everything away. Uh, the One of the great things is that we made sure, uh, because it, uh, but back last year around uh, August, um, uh, YUI or Yahoo decided to stop supporting YUI. So basically, they've they've said that they're no longer going to be developing the uh, the project in the future. So that meant we had to make a decision on what we were going to do with Alloy UI and what that was going to mean. Um, but so we've decided that we're like Alloy UI is deprecated. But uh, one one point of confusion that I would like to clear up that I've heard a couple people uh, wonder about is does that mean that YUI is no longer maintained and that. By Yahoo, yes, but everything we ship to customers, we are maintaining. So we are constantly fixing bugs uh, that we find or clients find, and we ship out patches. And you know, it. So it's not like it's this just this wild, crazy repository that nobody has control over and everyone else is responsible for. So we we make sure to provide support for that, and we'll continue making you know providing support for that. So if in six point two you have a lot of code invested in how things are done, it's not going to be thrown away. We're still going to be allowing people to, you know, keep running with that code. And if they want to migrate to something else after, that's fine. If they want to keep using that, that's good too. So I, I was still very impressed of the, uh, like all of the LifeRay 7 libraries that I actually totally forgot to open with exactly this topic. Is there, uh, and I've heard uh, some intent to actually re-implement LOUI on top of jQuery. Is that still an active thing? Did that happen? Does that happen? Or uh, is that a rumor of the past, uh, which now has been superseded by something else? Uh, I would say it's probably uh, not a rumor of the past because we mentioned prior that, uh, and we have incorporated jQuery into LifeRay 7. Um, but we're not going to be building uh, 
or re-implementing all of the YUI components or the Alloy UI components with jQuery. Instead, we're uh, going to be doing something slightly different, which is um, we have built a new library called Metal.js, and that... Uh, that basically replaces out one portion of YUI, which was they had a, a, a component creation framework that would handle all sorts of things. And uh, this really gets rid of um, the, like the dependency on YUI in that area. So instead of us uh, using jQuery to implement all the minor details, this one actually does so far, like far much more than what jQuery handles uh, and as far as performance and things like that. So, but what the metal JS is going to allow us to do is we'll be able to export all of these components as jQuery plugins mm-hmm. where people can still use jQuery and then have the ease of that API and then just like load up their components and run with it. So it's, uh, so we are using jQuery. jQuery does certain things very well and we have no intention of like, you know, rewriting, everything from scratch or reinventing the wheel just in order to get, um, just in order to get, uh, you know, a minor benefit of, Hey, it's ours, I guess, but Mm -hmm. jQuery's Ajax animation, uh, Dom traversal, all of that's really good. So we have no intention of, you know, rewriting that from scratch. We'll just leverage that where we need, but for the component manager, uh, and the component creation part, we don't really need, um, we don't really need jQuery too much for that. There, mm-hmm. The stuff that's inside of there is fairly simple to do. Okay. That leaves another question uh, back from the time that we had jQuery already in the portlet, uh, in the portal, uh, which was the 5.2, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Uh, that shipped with one version of jQuery and updating to another version of jQuery, putting you on the spot here. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, what will be the story there? Uh, as far as how to, uh, like if someone wants to run a newer version to jQuery. Yeah. So what we've done, and this was the big thing that uh, we had a hard time with in the past, which was how do we guarantee that our plugins or our scripts are going to work if the underlying um, API is being changed out from under us? So instead, what we've done is if someone wants to run a newer version of jQuery on the page, they can. We don't actually reference jQuery as jQuery directly. We store a private copy of jQuery in, into a variable that we that way we can guarantee even if someone else injects jQuery we're not referencing that global variable we're using our own version of it and so they could load a new one alongside and use that fine okay so worst case is uh, you end up with two jQueries but uh, well and customers can decide if they want to uh, end up with six copies of jQuery right yeah and and maybe they want to just replace the existing one outright and use a, um, if the APIs change drastically, they can, you know, there are, jQuery is really good about, um, about having, uh, deprecation plugins where you can patch in the old functionality. So they could always run with those plugins as well to guarantee that nothing is going to break. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, I mean, they have that freedom, but do us doing it this way helps us really get rid of, uh, that kind of fear of, oh gosh, the world's going to break because someone updated their jQuery version. Yeah. Okay, so that's a quite good story then. Uh, way better than before. Yeah. We've learned from the past, you could say. Yeah, definitely. Correct answer, as I like to say. Ah, yeah, thank you. Now about all of the other buzzwords that we have heard uh, at DEF CON, uh, starting at, let's pick one by random. As I said, we go in lexical order. Let's pick lexicon. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? So lexicon is our new design language, and it's a... Um, you can think of like all these existing companies. There are a lot of large companies and enterprises are investing in having uh, having their kind of 
human interface guidelines. Uh, Apple's had them for years. They have them for a Mac. They have them for iOS. They have them for the watch. They have them for the Apple TV now. Um, and Salesforce has been investing a lot in it. IBM has been doing their own design language. Uh, probably the most popular or well-known one is material design from Google. Um, so, and I think SAP has invested a lot in, in doing it as well. Uh, so it's, it's very popular for, uh, companies to be investing in a consistent set of interactions and things that they want to guarantee that products that are built on top of them or run within them are, you know, they're easy to use. They're consistent. Users know what to expect when they interact with them. So that, that is kind of what we're doing is giving developers guidance. How do you make a beautiful application that users can, you know, predictably use? How do you have it, you know, structured in such a way that it will run well on a mobile device and a desktop device and that users don't feel lost or that it feels like we're trying to, you know, squeeze this giant desktop site into a tiny little screen. Um, yeah, so it's, it's our way of helping developers and designers have guidance of how to build applications within LifeRay. So design language, uh, in the context of computer programs and programming language and uh, screen, uh, how do you say, like uh, markup languages and so on, how does that end up in any actual artifacts? Because design language is something, like sounds like abstract thing, but does that have any anything in any of the programming artifacts or is that the way you look at something but you end up with different artifacts? So it, it's... Um It's at different levels. So the design language itself is abstract, and it's how you construct things. Uh, then there, we have the implementation side, which we create. Um, we've created uh, a set of Bootstrap components that extend from Bootstrap and build on top of it. And the implementation side of that is uh, we have a theme for the look and feel called Atlas. But ultimately, what we're doing is it's the lexicon itself is the abstract language of how you connect these things but in the portal we're also giving actual implementation to use in order to accomplish that mm -hmm. so it's kind of like um for the uh ios guidelines or for uh the mac guidelines they give you uh, uh coco as the framework in order to implement that that's essentially we're also giving a version of that that people can use components to just go and build uh these applications quickly mm -hmm. And they are also called Lexicon then? or uh, Actually, so the theme is called Atlas. Right now, it's... Oh, yeah. Atlas. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that. Yeah. And right now, the repo that we're storing it in is called Lexicon, but it's... Lexicon's going to be so... It, it's just a much higher level thing than just that implementation. Yeah. That's probably what made me or left me so confused. Uh, that is some abstract concept and, and not knowing the, the concrete uh, incarnation uh, basically makes it hard to... to uh, grasp uh, the, the essence of, of such an abstract concept. When, yeah. So it's easier to have the, uh, the real use in front of you and then say, oh, and the abstract ve uh, version of that is yeah. this one. Yeah, and so. the reason why we start out with the abstract version is traditionally uh, Apple you know, software has been seen as having a really good uh, set of design guidelines that lead to applications that look really nice. And they just generally look really well and perform very well. And you would think, oh, well, they just give you really nice controls to just put around the screen. But I've seen some really ugly, uh, you know, Apple apps. Uh, same with iOS. I've seen some really ugly, and they're using all standard components that 
but they just look terrible because they're just swapped in. They don't follow any of the guidelines. They just, you know, stick components here and there. And so that's why we're kind of trying to start from the abstract is, yeah, even if we give you nice looking components, you could still, you know, stick them around like they don't belong together. You know, it'd be like taking Cindy Crawford and, you know, you just because you have her ears and eyes and nose doesn't mean it's going to end up looking like Cindy Crawford. So um, I know how that feels. <laughs> it's not like I have her eyes and nose, but I know how it feels to stick beautiful components together and get an ugly interface. <laughs> I am fully qualified to do that. So if somebody ever needs that, ask me. And that's kind of what we're trying to help is is to give you guidance as well. It's like, okay, well, if I follow these these rules, yeah, I'm chances are I'm going to have a really nice interface. Great. So you're even helping me. I'm. Yeah. We're. I so enjoy doing these episodes where I get my personal lecture and uh, somebody promising to me that the world will be a better thing uh, with the next version. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> isn't that what politics is all about, or, or is that a different podcast? I I might have. That's to, a different. Uh, podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned one other component that we already have in Liferay, where I get a lot of questions for and there's bootstrap mm -hmm. so uh, we will continue to have bootstrap in liferay and that's now version version three version three and as we have version two three something in two three two, two in three, uh two in, uh in six or two that's like uh yeah there are blog posts with reasoning and so on uh and so on how much of bootstrap three three well, Careful with the microphone. Uh, how much of boot, bootstrap? Oh my god, bootstrap three. <laughs> bootstrap three. That's a mouthful. Uh, will be in Liferay because uh, currently it's only the CSS components. And uh, hardest question, maybe, what happens when bootstrap four and five are out? Okay, so uh, with bootstrap three currently we actually have the javascript in there as well so we are using the javascript components um or at least we're making them available not a lot of places are really using but i i think there are a few applications that are currently using them uh but that means like the data api of you know it just it's just working it, it will be there um as far as what happens with bootstrap 4 a lot of that really depends on when bootstrap 4 comes out because they are changing the api a bit um which is what they did with 232 as well and I am somewhat nervous that that's going to be kind of what ends up happening is they release like right after we release seven. Um, that'd be terrible. But what we're doing right now is we, we have a separate branch uh, for all of the lexicon components uh, just for bootstrap four, just to see how hard it would be to update the API and all of that. And uh, I, it, so far it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. Uh, it might be something we can ship out with a patch somehow, but yeah, it's, it's still a tough problem of, how do you guarantee it, it's like you know updating jQuery? It's how do you guarantee a certain level of API compatibility and the constant balance between innovation and stability? You know, somebody's going to want one or the other and be very upset if you go too far to the other side. Right. Yeah, and after all, that's the the promise that an existing version uh, stays stable. On the other hand, especially in the UI world. Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm so remembering that uh, my, my favorite cartoon of Geek and Poke, uh, where the developer is coming back from vacation and says, well, I've been on vacation the last two weeks. Can I still use AngularJS without looking like the guy from last week? <laughs> <laughs> and that was 2014. <laughs> I'll link that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Please do, because I'd like to check that out. 
It also has a reference to 2004, which has some very ugly camel case factory name. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> um, on that, uh, there's probably, well, I, I feel like I have a whole lexicon of, of other words, names, uh, libraries, and so on that uh, I have known, I, I have not known about a year before. And I'm just thinking of which one that is. There's Senna JS. Yep. Uh, is that in Liferay? Is that just from Liferay people? I have constantly seen that um, uh, flying back and forth. So the way it kind of uh, the way it kind of developed was that in uh, for 7.0 early on in the development cycle, uh, Eduardo had started writing, um, and he wrote all of this single page application stuff in uh, in Alloy. And he brought that into the portal. And that that portion, he also wanted to extract out and to be its own kind of library that had no dependencies on it. So you didn't have to have all of YUI or all of Alloy just to run the single page application. So he extracted it from there and, and made it into that. But it's almost exactly the same API. The one we have inside of Liferay is the Alloy UI version because that's the one that integrates well with the existing uh, ecosystem that's already there. But the API and everything. So it's essentially Senna made by the exact same guy, but just not called Senna mm -hmm. per se. So single page application, uh, just to, uh, not to introduce another acronym. Well, <laughs> acronym would be SPA. Um, that's basically Liferay's framework to make sure that you don't have full page reloads, but that you actually uh, have in place uh, changes of the UI uh, when you are interacting with a portlet. You don't need full page reloads. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it, the way Eduardo structured it was really smart because it it doesn't try to be a hundred percent zero page reloads. It's basically we do it as much as possible where it makes sense. But there's a whole range of things in the portal where you know you have a certain URL, you need to post to it. You need to get a full reload. You need uh you know you need the state to change in a bunch of different places. Mm -hmm. So uh, it selectively does that, and it. Uh, fails gracefully if it fails, but it's you know, it's very much progressive en enhancement over existing URLs and structures. How much progressive is that? Like, will it transparently also work on the standard portlets that I write, or uh, is that something that I willingly need to implement myself? Uh, I believe if it, I believe it automatically progresses the existing ones. Like, if you create an existing uh, portlet and follow the URL conventions. I'm almost positive it will do it. Uh, I'm basically we have a mechanism to prevent it from happening, mm -hmm. and I believe that by default we enable it. But you can go ahead and say, yeah, don't, don't use SPA on my portlet. It, you know, it, even on the same page with other SPA portlets, it will respect that your portlet. Um, you know, if you don't want it, it will it won't apply it to that to that portlet or any of the links in there. So ideally, uh, I just gained the. Uh the functionality without doing anything without even understanding it exactly and if if yeah if you run into problems with it then you can disable it but uh, otherwise we assume yeah you're following our linking structure uh you're creating your urls in the proper way you're being smart about what you're doing and then you know we're gonna go ahead and reward that with the upgraded functionality yay yeah yeah mm -hmm. the good news for a background guy uh for, for a guy who's, who's predominantly working on server side yeah that that is one of the things we didn't want people to have to overthink it so yeah. what, what else do you have for me 
Uh, there must be more. <laughs> you I'm, get a car, I'm, Olaf, I'm on and a you streak. get a car. I'm on a streak. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, we've just been so busy the past, you know, year and a half working on Life Race 7. There's, uh, there's a ton of stuff that we've been working on. I mean, w- for instance, the talk I did yesterday was on all the new theming tools that we have mm-hmm. uh, for 7. And technically, I don't know if I'm supposed to be, you know, advocating this, but you can use the new structure with 6.2 as well. Um, we just don't, you know, we try not to say it's officially supported as the way, um, but you can totally use it. And basically what it does is it helps make the entire um, development pipeline of how you create a theme uh, and actually updating it much faster, much more friendly to uh, front-end developers. And even I think back-end developers would appreciate it more than the way it currently goes because right now updating it just it's a slow bulky process and using the new process it makes a lot of sense and i've like it gets away from the whole underscore diffs directory thing and um and storing it in the sdk and having them be either ant or gradle modules it's just it's a front-end package so there's that and then uh we also introduced this concept of themelets so you can basically have uh a themelet is an extension to a theme that doesn't uh, interact with the inheritance of a theme. So if one theme can inherit from another, which can inherit from another. But if you want to give some functionality to your theme, you may not necessarily, if you just want one piece of functionality, you don't necessarily want to have to change your entire hierarchy just to get that one piece of functionality, because especially if that theme then overwrites a bunch of other things that you didn't want to overwrite. So instead of uh, what a themelet is, is it's a very simply, it's just a package.json file and a source directory. And one of the tools that we have is a creator for this, so you don't have to do anything. Uh, you just type in, you know, yo, life ray theme, uh, themelet, and it will create the structure for you. But it's just a source directory, package.json. And if you use the other uh, existing tools and mix that in, we'll automatically inject CSS and JavaScript for you. Uh, but so, for instance, if you wanted to have, like, some really cool effects on links or, you know, some CSS that tweaked the page a bit or some JavaScript that gave you some functionality like a carousel or something like that you could just do that and you can publish them up to npm so when you're using the tool you can say okay i want to extend my theme and it will let it will let you search for them on npm and you can just select right there and it'll install them and you don't have to do anything so uh, that kind of functionality would be uh, i'm looking for an example would that be something like uh i don't know a navigation um component like build me a navigation on three levels or something like that yeah yeah that that would be it basically you can put anything you want inside that source directory but what would be typical to to have like the abstract concept and then a very concrete thing like what's do you have a library already of themelets uh where you say this makes sense that makes sense that makes sense so what, what would that be well, right now we have like three example ones published mm-hmm. and they're just very simple, basic things like actually one kind of does a really cool like sliding drawer 3D effect on the page whenever you open up the product menu. But concrete, though, we don't have a giant library yet, but as we uh, kind of run into these areas where it's like this is super simple, I, I'd really love to give an example to people of how to do this. Like because a lot of times we get requests like, oh, in a theme, how would I even do x how would i implement a carousel or how would i implement a navigation with three items and instead of having to just go to a forum and paste a bunch of codes oh yeah this is the way you do it we could just publish it on npm and people could just go and use it right away and they could then take that theme they could fork it extend it they could do whatever they want with it so if they want oh no that's really great but i wanted it to do this instead they can go ahead and tweak that and, and use it that way 
I don't know if that answered that question, but yeah, I think so. Okay. So yeah, when you when you say there are no components that you already have, then uh, yeah, otherwise it would be like if you just list a few standard components or components that you wish that were in there. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, like so one I could think of that would be a great example would be like a carousel. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to have some sort of carousel, uh, the three that we have on there. I know one of them is it just applies a uh, like a flipping effect to links on the page. The other one is the animation for um, for the product menu to kind of make the page turn sideways in a 3D thing whenever it's open. Um, okay, yeah. And then uh, another one is I you know I don't remember what the third one is. It's it's something else, but I could see a lot of things where it would make sense to have them in there. But it could even be as something as simple as hey. I have a couple of icons that I want to share and allow people to be able to use in their page. They could go ahead and do do it that way if they wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess I get a quite good concept of it. Could be could be the eye candy, uh, just the effects that uh, certain things have, or, uh, or yeah, or interaction logic, or okay, another one. I think this was the other one we were discussing was um, if you wanted to give people the ability to. Uh, have those like long scrolling effects of where things kind of slide in from the side. You could provide all oh, of yeah, the, yeah, you, yeah. You could you could provide all of the CSS and JavaScript for that without having to have like this giant theme that you know is only kind of doing all the other stuff by uh, implication. So it's more of a composition model versus a strict inheritance model. Great. Uh, as I said, I, I totally enjoy uh, getting my personal tour through all of the. Uh, new shiny buzzwords <laughs> uh, almost ready to say bingo uh, <laughs> in a in a very friendly and happy way uh, that is buzzword bingo is a very popular game yeah <laughs> it is um, and well as I'm not the front end guy my next question would literally be uh, what have we forgotten hmm which which is no longer the demanding what else can you do for me <laughs> Which I totally would would uh, enjoy. You know what I? But we might be through through all of them, at least through the uh, the most important ones. Yeah, at least the ones I've been talking the most about the past two days. But I actually I know for a fact that there's a ton of them that I'm completely spacing on right now. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, as productive as the developers are in life, right? It's just constantly something else, something else, something else, um, and that's both good and bad. We a lot of times we need to rein ourselves back in and be like, no, no, we actually need to start writing some documentation or refining the existing stuff rather than yeah. constantly churning out new new ideas and yeah. And for the listeners, we're doing this on short notion and uh, uh, and actually without notes. That's true as well. So we're just uh, coming up with the topics as they cross our thoughts. I guess if we have forgotten something, that's an excuse for another episode. That Let's sounds like a good idea. Keep it like that. And, uh, well, thanks very much, Nate, for being here. Thank you for having me. Very much enjoy these personal sessions and, uh, well, enjoy the rest of the event. All right. Thank you. You too.